Welcome to the Bulwark Podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes, joined by Tim Miller on a day that may be decisive. Sometime today, it is possible that Joe Biden will achieve the 270 electoral votes to make him the 46th president. So I hope that people just tune out the crazy a little, a little bit later. So, hey, uh, good morning, Tim. How are you? Charlie, good morning. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I was a little down on the Next Level podcast yesterday yeah. morning, and I'm, I'm feeling up here. Um, so I'm happy to give everybody a little a little jolt. Okay, so in terms of, I, I did say that I want p- the people should tune out the crazy and the hysterical and ignore the hand wringing and the recounts and the lawsuits and all of that stuff, and just you know f- you know focus on the fundamentals. I personally believe that Pennsylvania is going to put Biden over the top, but 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 there are some interesting things going out go, going on out there. So you you know Paula White is the personal spiritual advisor <laughs> to the President of the United States. You know Paula, I. I I know of her. Okay, so Paula Paula thinks this is a this is a done deal. So and Paula has intervened with the real big guy. So I, let me just give you a little bit of a flavor of this, okay? Just to put, put us put us in the mood. This is this is the personal spiritual advisor to the current president of the United States. Strike and 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 strike until you have victory for every enemy that is aligned against you. Let there be that we would strike the ground for you will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. Okay, I'm not sure she's referring to the count in Pennsylvania or Arizona or anything, but that's going to be an earworm now for you, Tim, all day. (laughs) Um, I I was waiting for the hex. I was waiting for the hex on Biden to come on um, uh, at the end instead of just the the uplift. I cut out the crazy stuff where she actually starts speaking in tongues and everything, so we just left that out. You, you got to think that Trump, um, I, the best argument against Trump running again in 2024 is, uh, you know, he's just got to be happy. He doesn't have to pretend to listen to these people for a couple of weeks. That's got to be the only positive silver lining for him in his impending humiliation. Yeah, I well, I, I don't know that he, he thinks of it that way. Um, <laughs> Okay, so, you know, we're talking about the mood here, and we were, before we started this, you know, there are people, of course, who are watching the the changing counts in Arizona. We don't know what's going to happen in Nevada. Uh, Georgia is a genuinely a coin flip. There's no question about it. But I just think everybody should needs to take a deep breath here, and because a lot of things that are happening were predicted. Everybody said, okay, now Pennsylvania is going to be this way. It's going to start off with a huge Trump margin, and then they're going to count the mail-in votes, and those are going to be very strongly for Joe Biden. And that's been what's happening. Joe Biden has been hitting his targets in every single county, every single area of Pennsylvania, what he needed to do. The numbers are coming in are like 70% or more of you know Biden votes. You just do the arithmetic and it looks like Joe Biden is on track to win Pennsylvania by 100 to 200,000 votes. And when he overtakes Donald Trump, that's it, guys. I, I understand that some people just say, no, 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 we need to wait for, no, really, that's, that's, it's, that, will be the, that will be the 270 and Arizona, won't matter. Do you disagree with me? No, no, that's exactly right. And I mean, it's frustrating. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I understand the frustration. I'm getting frustrated. Uh, uh, it's frustrating because, and we can talk more about this, uh, this, this race would be over, um, would have been over probably 24 hours ago if the Republican state legislators in um, Pennsylvania and, and Michigan uh, had allowed for early and absentee votes to be counted uh, before election day, like they do in other states, like Florida. Like Florida doesn't have any magic fairy dust that allowed them to be counted on election night. They just had rules in place by my old boss Jeb Bush that allows for a quick count. Um, that was cha- changed made after two thousand. The, the Democratic legislatures made these changes this year in order to 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 create the excuse me the Republican legislatures in the Upper Midwest uh, uh, made these changes in order to create chaos. And so, uh, you know, this thing should have been over two days ago. That's frustrating. But look, uh, you know, Joe Biden is is outperforming 
um, Hillary Clinton in, in Luzerne County in Scranton. He's outperforming Hillary Clinton in Bucks County mm-hmm, in suburban mm-hmm. Philadelphia. He's outperforming Hillary Clinton. He's outperforming Hillary Clinton in all of the major population centers of Pennsylvania. And what is happening is literally the same exact thing that we all just watched happen in Wisconsin and uh, Michigan. So, uh, you know, the, the writing is on the wall here. And, you know, my chest was tight on Tuesday night waiting for that Milwaukee, you know, I, I was watching that. I'll still be triggered by this for years to come, watching that police escort Something. from the Milwaukee city to the Milwaukee County at, at you know, 4 a.m. Eastern time, whenever it was. Uh, but but once that number dropped, that that told us what we need to know about Detroit and Pittsburgh and Philly. It's the same story across the upper Midwest. Huge margins in the early vote and decisive margins for Joe Biden. So I, I was thinking about it this morning that that the the timeline of the way the votes have been counted have kind of obscured what's going on here. I and mean, look, I, I I understand that Democrats underperformed and are very disappointed in Congress. I get that. I understand that it's shocking that millions of Americans voted for the the orange guy despite you no know, watching him. I get that. And and the Trumpism wasn't repudiated the way that we wanted. But and and it's also true that to, you know that Trump's going to be around as a toxic presence. But it, it is worth at least taking a moment to recognize that that Joe Biden is going to be the 46th president, um, that he is on track to win close to 300 electoral votes, more popular votes than any presidential candidate in history, possibly more than 80 million. And he will have decisively defeated Donald Trump. Donald Trump was fired by the voters a couple of days ago. So I I was just reading some of these strange takes. I don't know if you've seen this. You know, there's a headline in Politico. Trump's losing, but he also won again. Even in loss, Trump's clout and support has somehow grown. Okay, Axios has this line. Win or lose, President Trump will emerge more powerful than ever inside the GOP. (laughs) Okay, wait. No, no, really no. Because you're not going to be more powerful than ever because he won't be president anymore. And Tim, being president is quite powerful. Being a defeated ex-president is less powerful. Being a disgraced ex-president is even worse. So people need to at least understand, you know, what's happened here. Um, and I know that there's all of the, you know, the, the smoke and the mirrors and and all of that. But but Don, Donald Trump is suffering a humiliating, very personal and very specific rejection by the American people. Um. That is absolutely right, and can and can I just add to that the, um, the the there are these takes a lot of these takes out there about how this has exposed the media and the democratic the Democrats and the never Trumpers lack of understanding of 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 real America and of Trump's America, and they still don't get they still don't understand this country. And you know, Brad Todd wrote a column in the Atlantic about how the the great Trump majority that we've seen. It's, or, I'm sorry, I think he said this is still Trump's America. You know, and reason Wabi Suave wrote about how the media doesn't understand the America and they got fooled again. It's kind of like, well. Is that really true? I mean, I don't I, like I, you know the poll. The polling was wrong, and we can talk about that. The the, the media that I watched was mostly the the center left media in a panic about the exact same thing happening going forward. I know that all of us were you know uh, very cautious going forward because because we you know didn't want to do 2016 redux i mean how many times did 2016 ptsd get brought up in columns and tv hits over the over the past every single time every time and 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 so in the end what we're going to see is is a somewhere between six and nine million popular vote route by joe biden he's gonna win nothing yeah, he's going to win in with margins bigger than George W. Bush won in 2000 and 2004, bigger than President Obama won in 2012, bigger than obviously Donald Trump, who got a minority in 2016. So, uh, you know, in the in this century, Obama's 08 victory will end up being the only, um, you know, bigger landslide. Now, I, I get that it doesn't feel that way because of these right. counts. It doesn't feel that way because of the Senate. But but if you if you're going to make a take a, a big picture take about what this means about the country, you know that needs to conclude the fact that Joe Biden won a very clear victory throughout the country. He's going to get more votes than any president has ever 
received in a in a high in a high turnout election. Now, now there are some signs, you know, concern, worrying signs too, which we can talk about. But but the basic fact is that is that Joe Biden, you know, won handily, and and he's gonna, you know, uh, uh, in the popular vote, we're gonna see how the electoral college shakes out if he ends up sweeping. Um, Georgia, uh, excuse me, Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, which is definitely possible. He'll end up with over 300 electoral votes yeah. on top of that. Yeah. And in my map, by the way, I had uh, Biden at about 290 and I was considered optimistic. But I mean, it, it is also w- worth remembering that, that not only has Donald Trump been fired, but he's going to be leaving as a failed president. I mean, he, think about 2020 for Donald Trump. Uh, you know, impeachment trial for abusing his power, you know, trying to concoct a fake scandal. He bungled the pandemic. We have nine and a half million Americans who are infected, uh, 234,000 dead so far. None of that's going to get better. I mean, his failures and the corruption are going to have a long tail, I think. And I don't think it's going to look better in retrospect. I don't think people are going to look back on this necessarily, you know, n- nostalgically. And my guess is that he saved the worst for last, that the next uh, 70 some days, it, it's going to be it's going to be pure Trump, you know, pardons handed out like Skittles, petulance, anger, grievance. Um, I'm at some point what well, we should devote a whole show to. Will he show up for the inauguration? Spoiler yeah, I mean- alert. No, he won't show up. Yeah, we're not going to see graciousness. No, and and I, th- I think it's going to reveal, you know, I, I think that there's a moment here where kind of the institutional GOP uh, feels vindicated. And I know that like deep down in people's hearts that that hurts everybody, that they wanted comeuppance for all the uh, enablers and they didn't get that. And, and I, and I, I, I share that view and, you know, I'm going to yoga to try to take deep breaths and not be upset that, that people didn't get their comeuppance for, for their behavior the last four years. But, um, but here's the thing. It is going to also reveal, I think, the divide that remains between the Republican base who will like Trump's behavior in the intervening 70 days and the Republicans who, who think that they can wind back the clock. And so, uh, you know, I think that there's more pain ahead for them. And, and, and yeah, I, I don't know this necessarily means that he'll be back in 2024. You know, we don't, exa- you know, we don't have a crystal ball, but, but you know, the, the fact that, that he will be a failed president and that he will, you know, go out uh, like a petulant child um, it is is pretty clear at this point. You know, I, I think you know you, you mentioned twenty twenty four and is the as the you know doom scenario. He can run constitutionally. He can run in twenty twenty four. And for people who think that's crazy, and I've said this before, um, who's going to run against him and beat him in the primary? But let's assume for the for the moment that that he doesn't actually run twenty twenty four. He he can freeze the field for a very very long time. You know, sometime soon, Mike Pence is going to come in and go. So, uh, Mr. Mr. President, I'm, I want to gear up here. Um, would certainly like your blessing. And, you know, Trump Trump is probably going to, I don't know, drag his feet on all of this, make it very hard for these guys to be able to get any progress. OK, before we get too far ahead here, because I want to talk about Mitch yeah. McConnell and a lot of other things, including um you mentioned that there are some warning signs for the Democrats out there, which I think is true. But just for the moment, we're, we're seeing all these these protests um, and the lawsuits and everything. And I, I have a, I have a slightly contrarian take on on all of this. You know, you have all the lawsuits that are being out there, and you know, Twitter is exploding with allegations of fraud and theft. But I got to tell you, it, it 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 kind of feels like they're almost just going through the motions. The lawsuits <laughs> yeah. are completely you know bogus bullshit. And the fact that you have, I think Rudy is the big tell. You know, the fact that you're putting Rudy out there, this is not James Baker. You would think that the president of the freaking United States would be able to bring, you know, these really high powered, prestigious lawyers and put them in these key states. The fact that you're trotting out Rudy Giuliani tells me it's about show. In fact, uh, do you see Olivia, Olivia Nuzzi's uh, tweet? He says, it, okay, this is great. It is outstanding that the same Republican Party that has waged a highly organized and successful decades-long campaign to install conservative judges at every level has a president whose election legal battle is being led by a senile lunatic who can't remember to zip up his pants. <laughs> Actually, it's perfectly on brand. <laughs> I sometimes I sometimes need an XYZ, but yeah, I hear that's pretty good. Um, the... Uh, uh, it's one of my friends texted, um, and I, I don't like to, you know, indulge in, in Jeb humor since, you know, I have Jeb on a pedestal, but this was pretty funny. Uh, he said that, uh, 
we're, we're looking at a pretty low energy coup here. Yeah. Like you had a lot of months to plan this and there was a lot of sturm and drag about the coup and, and the coup has been pretty low energy so far. It's, it's mostly been whiny tweets. And, um, you know, I, I think there's reason to be concerned about far right violence, uh, yeah. you know, kind of these sort of one-off actors you know if you looked at the scene in maricopa last night but even these protests you know it's like kind of 200 cranks right it's not like these overwhelming protests um so i i kind of agree with your contrarian take on this i you know i think it's good to be vigilant of course but but at this point um you know I, i've not been impressed with the with the output of this attempt to attempt to steal the election from the from the trump from the trump crowd i i also haven't been impressed by the republicans who just sat silently with the exception of like adam kinziger and maybe one or two other people um while he's done his low energy uh, election stealing attempt uh and um well and also the the protests that's it's it, it, it it's almost self-parody. So in Michigan, it's well, the chant. It's literally, it's literally parody. <laughs> it is literally parody. Stop the count. Stop. And then in Arizona, it's like count the vote. It is <laughs> like there was an episode of Veep of this. Exactly. Like this literally happened. It is. It is. I posted this in my newsletter. The the epi- There's an episode of Veep where they where they do this. Do you which which is it? You have to make up your you have to make up your mind. So uh, it's. I just revealed that I hadn't read the whole newsletter this morning. Sorry. No, Charlie. no, no, no. no. That's that, that's it's fine. Only seven o'clock a.m. out here. So that that's not a, that's not a problem. Uh, it. I basically did kind of call it. You know, I understand. You know, but I figured that. You know, if, if everything if everything goes to hell, the the last thing to worry about in the world is whether I was premature in my newsletter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so you you mentioned um, some worrying things for the Democrats. Um, let, let's talk talk about that for a moment because I, sure. I I wanted to dwell at least for a moment on the fact that we'd fired Donald Trump and that people ought to wallow in that. At least give, take a deep breath. But there are some worrying yeah, signs. Really quick on that point, just yeah. one more on the celebratory sure. point. I'm I'm ready. I, I have I have the celebration playlist ready. I wasn't ready to play it on Tuesday night because I, you know the things right. we're about to talk about are being unhappy on. But now we're about 48 hours in, and I'm I'm ready for the damn you know vote to count to be finished. I'm ready for Dave Wasserman to tweet. I've seen enough. Yeah, and I'm ready to turn on the celebration playlist. So I will be sharing that for folks. So if you're you know, having some mixed feelings right now, it's good to take a moment to enjoy the celebration of riding this guy out on the rail. What's the first one on the playlist? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to give it away. Okay, don't give it away. I've we, got we'll, so we'll many good ones, so. right. Okay, so back to things to worry about. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the Hispanic vote is the obvious one. Uh, I think that um, that that de- there's this kind of presumption that because Donald Trump, you know, is such a ham-handed bigot, that that meant that every uh, person of color was going to vote against him. Uh, I think that that was a false assumption by the Democrats, and I think that I, I don't know that they're in a very um, good position to understand. It might be overstated to say to understand why it happened, but I think that there are going to be some pressures in the media and in elite circles to push them the wrong direction in trying to get the voters they lost. And, and let me explain it this way. Hmm. In my view, just looking at the numbers, it's Cubans, it's it's conservative Texans, uh, uh, Latinos, um, it's uh, uh, you know Catholic. low info voting, yeah, mm-hmm. Catholic Latinos, and it's low info voting Latinos. So it's it's a combination of of you know, of our, of our, of the same cultural divide you're seeing among white people, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's rural, um, you know, uh, uh, Latinos who are in a cultural, you know, uh, in their, their kind of cultural milieu is much closer to, you know, their neighbors with like the American flags and the guns and, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And so that's, they're going to like Trump, you know? So when we have this education divide where there's, there's this huge gender gap and this huge college education gap, like you shouldn't be surprised when non-college educated men who are of, uh, who are black or latino are 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 drifting towards republicans and so you're not going to get them back by doing what the new york times ed board wants you to do um you know talk to talking about latinos that's just that's not the path so you know and 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 maybe the answer is that they're not coming back and the democrats need to recognize their shifting coalition you know the other thing that i see is that you're there's a lot of people on the far left of the coalition who have been saying over the last two days, like, 
this election proves that we didn't need the Lincoln Project and RVAP guys and, you know, because oh, uh, Republicans stuck with the president. It's like, well, no, actually, the growing part of in, in our in our in our uh, in the shifting politics, right, the Republicans are picking up these non-college educated men of all races, right? The Democrats were picking yeah. up college educated urban men and college educated women everywhere, right? Um and so, and and those people, and they're picking up college educated men and women in places like the Wow counties, which I want to ask you about. These are not yes. Bernie people, you know what I mean? So, so if you look at the growing part Bernie. of the pie and the Democratic Party, the growing part of the pie is kind of us, honestly, for lack of a better word. And the shrinking part of the pie um, includes includes these, you know, sort of minority men who who don't have a college degree. So okay, they can try to reverse that if they want, but but I'm I'm a little concerned that they're going forward on a path that that alienates both. Yeah, that 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 is a worry. So you asked about the Wow counties for people who who because we're always obsessed here in Wisconsin about you know those are the, these are the very heavily Republican counties, suburban counties around Milwaukee. I live in one of them. There's Waukesha, uh, Washington, and Ozaki County. Uh, Washington County is still very very intensely uh, red. Waukesha County was getting a little wobbly, uh, you know, for 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 Trump. But but the really interesting thing was Ozaki County, where I am right now, where I think Trump won by only eight percentage points. Which is really stunning. I mean, this this used to be a solidly like 65, 35 county. The community right to the north of where I am right now is called Cedarburg. And remember, there was a period where every national reporter in America came to Cedarburg to write about the random Trump voter. I mean, everybody. It was like it was Politico, ABC. It was uh, Time Magazine. It was like was, was it a memo that went out and said, you know, Cedarburg is is the heart of America and it is the heartbeat of America, and everyone must go to the main street of Cedarburg and talk to people. And they found crazy uh, Trump supporters who believed in QAnon and that Hillary Clinton drank the blood of babies and all of that stuff. I I think Biden won Cedarburg. Which is part of this indication of of the of this shift. Now, he, there, there's a flip side of the story in Wisconsin, which is that those Biden Biden Trump counties stayed Trump. Trump actually did yeah, better. Obama, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Yeah, Obama, Obama, Trump. Uh, they didn't flip back. Uh, not many of them flipped back, if if any. In fact, Trump Dora, did pretty, was the one that flipped. Yeah. But the big story in Wisconsin, and this is what the left is going to seize on, is this massive vote out of Dane County, uh, which is Madison, the People's Republic of Madison. I mean, they they provided more than 180,000 vote margin. Um, they uh, the uh, Joe Biden's margin in Dane County, one county, was 35,000 votes more than Clinton's margin, and that's 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 liberals, that's progressive. But That's but right. I but I think that they, the Democrats really do need to ask themselves uh, how did they spend that much money by the way in the Senate elections and the House elections and come just up really with quick, nothing? Yeah, 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 just real quick, can we? Sure. I, I want to just marinate on the wow a little bit because it's it's important in every one of those counties the margin dropped substantially, right? And and so and there's this good Tim Alberta article which looks also at Livingston County mm-hmm. in in Michigan, which is a conservative county. And so you know you're there, I'm not, but. I, I, you know, this is all explained by probably Paul Ryan and Walker voters, you know, voting mm-hmm. for Joe Biden. Right. I mean, there's not there's not this immigration into those counties of liberals from other parts of the country. Right. And there's not, uh, you know, people who just didn't. Maybe there there's some people who just didn't vote that that, that came out this time. Uh, I mean, I, I just I don't want to presume. But, you know, if you look at a place like Washington County, which Trump still won, but is traditionally very conservative. And, and I don't have, it off top, I think it's like 29 to 20 or something uh, drop from 2016 to now. I, the, the only way to explain that is from conservative or, you know, center right people switching. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think so. And also around the country, you know, I, I, what, what I'm hearing from, from Democrats who were running in these congressional races is that a lot of them were running against AOC in effect. That that in fact, what the Republicans had succeeded in doing was painting Democrats as far left radicals, and to the extent that they had some success, 
Um, that was it. So for the Democrats who are saying now we need to pivot much harder left, we need to become more socialistic, uh, bring that up with the in the Democratic caucus of the House of Representatives right now, because I'm not sure how that plays. By the way, what was the number between Amy McGrath and Jamie Harrison? Did they like raise like three hundred million dollars between them? Yeah, like a quarter I mean, million. Some uh, just crazy number. And, yeah. and, and you know, I so was that, always skeptical that this, and this is this is a long term problem, you know, that we're going to get to spend a lot of time in 2021, 2022 talking about. But the the just the nature of the way that the Senate is, you know, creates a lot of problems for Democrats. They had they had to win that Susan Collins seat, you know, like in, in the they have such a narrow path now. Uh, you know, if you're not going to win red states, and I always I was skeptical of Iowa, I was skeptical of Montana, Kansas. I guess Alaska is still out, and that's kind of a weird state. So who knows? But I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of that. Uh, and and yeah, and so if you can't win in these red states, like Mansion is this outlier, you know. And, and twelve, you know, what was it? In like oh six, you know, fourteen years ago now, Democrats used to put up, you know, people like Sherrod's still there, Mansion's still there, but that's about it. You know, a contrarian, you know, d- Democrats that match their states. Um, you know, all the Mark Pryors and the Heidi Heitkamps, they're all gone, the Claire McCaskills. And so how do you, you know, win those back, right? It's not yeah. with justice Democrats, right? They, they, the tent needs to expand. I mean, Connor Lamb, thank goodness, won by the skin of his teeth yeah. in the Pennsylvania House seat. You look at a Pennsylvania Senate seat, it was going to be a key one coming up. So, so yeah, and there was a lot of money wasted in these red states that they're just red. I, you know, you can't just wish cast South Carolina to becoming blue. Uh, you know, Georgia's moving. Maybe South Carolina's behind it by a decade, but it's not there. So, okay. So our colleague, Bill Crystal just tweeted out a little while ago when we were starting this, that, that he thinks it's very possible, maybe likely that Biden is the only Democrat who could have beaten Trump. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, we'll never know for sure. But man, if, you, if you look at here, like, there are three. If you go back to, I'm just, I'm just all Tim Albert all the time right now. Yeah. So I, I hope I get like a, a little gift from him in the mail. But um, he, he had three key groups in, in his political analysis of, of the upper Midwest of, and why they're going to, why it's going to go to Biden. Uh, it was, as mentioned before, these conservative suburbs. Um, uh, add, add on that the the Reagan Democrats. Um, you know, sort of former Democratic blue collar white folks, not in the rurals, but kind of in the um, in, in the urban in the urban centers, uh, and then and then black voters uh, in the cities returned not quite to Obama levels, but closer than Hillary got it. Ah, Joe Biden was a great match for all three of those demos that that carried them to victory. And I look at the rest of that stage, and and some of them were a good match for one of the three. You know, but, yeah. but nobody else was a good match for all three. And and so I, you know, I, I think that there's there's this trade that goes on, right? Maybe, uh, you know, the youth vote was down. Maybe, you know, the youth vote goes up a little bit if there's a different candidate, but you lose some people in Washington County, Wisconsin, right? Uh, you yeah. know, so it's hard to kind of do all the math on this trades. But but with, with the way that the map turned out, uh, there's a strong case that Joe Biden was uniquely suited. I, I, I think so. And in, in, in fact, this map that we're talking about is it was the Biden map. Th- this was the rationale for Joe Biden, that Joe Biden would be the one who'd be competitive up in these uh, you know, big 10 states um, that are going to decide the election. So I was thinking back on the decisive moment in the entire presidential campaign, you know, the one turning point. And I, I imagine if we did this as a as a you know as as a contest, people would say, "Well, it's the pandemic, or it's the bleach, or it was when uh, Donald Trump uh, came down with coronavirus, or everything." You know what I really think that it was? I, I think it was when Jim Clyburn went all in for Joe Biden right before the South Carolina primary. Yep. Uh, and you remember this because you had this you know famous piece in the Bulwark where you said to Democrats, Democrats, you have was it ten days, eleven days? You have eleven <laughs> days to save your party, otherwise you are totally effed. Right, remember that? Yeah, of course I remember. Yeah, and, and Biden was the only one. I, you know, I mean, look, I had there were things that I liked. Obviously, I, I had a soft spot for Mayor Pete as a gay, you know, sort of technocratic kind of candidate. I had some, some of the other candidates were fine, but as it stood there on the brink of South Carolina, Biden was the only one. You know, yeah. so you were Bloomberg. Bloomberg had no chance to put together the right coalition. So Biden was the only one, and so you, I think you're right on Jim Clyburn, and 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 I think that that's. 
you know, the other thing, though, I do have to, you know, say on the pandemic, um, because I think this should be a wake up call uh, to all of us as well, is, I, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's hard not to come to the conclusion that had Trump even faked taking it seriously, that he would have been reelected. I, I, you know, I, I think that his his recklessness, you know, might have helped juice the base a little bit with this whole like lockdown versus open it up fight. So I think he actually did get a little bit of boost out of his recklessness. But but, you know, if you look at the Republican uh, who, Republicans who outperformed him, uh, it's hard not to see that as just an indictment of his of his handling of the of the virus. You look at you know Georgia and North Carolina; he runs behind those Senate candidates only by a point or two. But uh, I mean, what other conclusion can you come to? No, I I, I agree with you. Um, I I think that maybe sometimes we underestimate the anxiety of of voters about the economy. Um, there was this tremendous open it up thing, which I thought was, uh, was counterproductive, but I think it had some political resonance out there that if you're, you know, in, uh, if, if your livelihood was dependent on the country, not shutting down again, uh, that was, uh, that motivated you. And he, and he played to that. Of course, that may mean hundreds of thousands of people will die, but, uh, maybe there was some political upside for him on the economic on the economy. I, I think that that is certainly the case. I, yeah. I think that, yeah. Okay, so Mitch McConnell, let's just talk about this, the failure to win the Senate, because if you're a progressive, that had to be just soul crushing to I see. I thought we were going to do the happy episode and talk about it. <laughs> well, well, it, it depends on how it comes. Um, okay, we happy, happy, happy. But the, the Joe Biden, you know, I mean, they were hoping that oh, Joe Biden's going to go in there, he's going to have this progressive agenda that we're going to have, you know, the, the Medicare for all, we're going to have you know, massive infrastructure, which they still may, may, may have, you know, maybe pack the courts, uh, add a couple of states. With Mitch McConnell in charge, what is it going to be like? Are, is, is Joe Biden's presidency now crippled from the beginning? Are we just in for gridlock? What, 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 do you, yeah, what, do you, what are we so, looking at? Bill's, I, I didn't, I, I haven't gotten around to listen to the podcast yesterday, but I did read Bill's article um, mm-hmm. on this. And, 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 I, and I talked about it afterwards. I said, I, I think that he's slightly pessimistic. It's good to be pessimistic in these times. It's 2020. But I, I think he was slightly pessimistic in his view that, that immediately both parties retrenched to their corners. Um, I, I think that depending on how the Senate shakes out, if it's 51, 52, you know, it's it's not hard to see the Lisa Murkowskis and the Susan Collins and 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 you know whoever else making a little gang, you know, with the Joe Mansions and and the conservative Democrats and trying to get a few things done on uh, economic relief for uh, for the virus and and various other things and that and that McConnell will see, you know, at least at least nodding to that. Um, to be something that is politically valuable. I mean, he's nothing if not calculating, right? Um, so I, I'm not saying I'm predicting that per se, but I, I, I'm not. A, I think that presuming that the Republican Senate immediately goes into, you know, Doctor No mode on every single agenda item, um, I, I, I think is probably a little dour. Um, you know, yeah, for, for progressives who wanted, you know, the obviously the you know, progr- you know, the public option and the green new deal, like that that stuff isn't happening. But, but what on, about on the, more proximate things? Yeah, what about the appointments? Um, there was some speculation that that Mitch McConnell was really going to you know use the Senate clout to force uh, Biden to choose more moderates for his cabinet. Do you see yeah. that happening? I guess. I mean, so this is something I, I do think, you know, we can navel gaze on all of the various divides between, you know, in the never Trump crowd uh, a little bit too much sometimes. But I, I do think that this result is going to reveal a pretty clear fissure. Um, and, and there's a fissure between people like me who 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 supported Joe Biden. And, and I thought that the orange man was bad, but I also thought that Joe Biden was perfectly fine. And, you know, we didn't agree on every single issue, but I thought that he would have handled the presidency just fine with the Democratic Senate and with, you know, some of the conservative Democratic senators, you know, keeping in check the far left. Um, and the, the Republicans who really just found Donald Trump personally gross, but, you know, didn't see any need to change anything else within the party, right? I, I think that crew is is thrilled that Mitch McConnell is there to, to obstruct and ensure that Joe Biden um, gets uh, you know, it doesn't appoint any any bad people to the cabinet or whatever. Um, 
I would have been. I, I think that Mitch McConnell should just let Joe Biden point whoever he wants. Like, I don't think that there's right. any reason to have. That's, that's not where you want to fight your fight. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not that's what not where you want to fight the fight. I mean, if, if you're going to if you're going to uh, twist arms, you know, maybe wait on the judges, you know, judicial p- positions. But secretary of the Treasury, secretary of labor, eh, you know, um, I, 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 I I'm, I'm skeptical that he would do that. You know, I mean, so if Joe Biden comes to him and says, I want to make Elizabeth Warren secretary of the Treasury. Is, is the Senate going to block that? Is that where they're going to fight their fight? I don't. I mean, Charlie Baker could appoint it. I just, this is what I'm saying. I, you know, it, it feels like going back to the old days. Like, remember, we had this big fight over, you know, whether Obama could appoint Chuck Hagel to secretary. And it's just, I, it, it feels that it's, that that is not um, a objection that, in a post-Trump era, like rises to the level of something worth getting upset about. Like, is Mitch McConnell really going to be able to rile people up because? Joe Biden, Secretary of Labor, is a little too pro-union or whatever. I just, I find this hard to believe. I mean, if somebody, you know, again, if there was a different Democrat that was president and they were trying to put somebody in who told he was unqualified or whatever, but that was never a worry with Joe Biden. Joe Biden was going to, you know, this was, it was only in these fever swamps in conservative media where they've fabricated this concern that Joe Biden was going to be a puppet for AOC. He never was. So, so, so this whole, like, does, does Mitch McConnell need to check him? I, I, no, I don't want, I don't want Mitch McConnell to check him. I thought Joe Biden was fine. So, so that, you know, that, that, that's going to be an area of disagreement with some of our erstwhile pals. Well, and, 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 you know, for, for, for some conservatives, I suppose the good news is that there are now going to be several hundred uh, new fiscal conservatives in Congress, Right. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah well, suddenly they oh, yeah. will wake up in january and suddenly go oh the deficit the debt we did, you see the ted that. Cruz, did you see the ted cruz interview with john swan on this point oh like, yeah. you have to go watch it if you haven't just just search for it on you know john swan does this interview and and ted cruz is just so shameless he's just like yeah i'll start caring about the debt again if joe biden wins i you know like he does he didn't even try to to fat to fabricate or fashion a justification of it anymore. Um, if you don't mind, the pro- our producer Jim Swift has just sent sent me something that I'd like to vamp about before this. Please, is over. would you? Um, uh, our friend Megan McCain. I would have never seen this on my own because Megan McCain blocked me on Twitter. But uh, she she wrote that everyone at the Federalist fights the culture war every single day on behalf of the forgotten Americans. And I, my husband and his entire team have been right for years. And last night was the biggest validation of that. And they deserve a victory lap. Again, this is like... What is she talking about? Again, Donald Trump got, is going to get beat handily. What is she referring to? I guess what? she's referring to the fact that, that, that there's this narrative out there right now that like... That because Donald Trump exceeded expectations of the polls or whatever, that that is this indictment of of the me- of the, everybody in the media who doesn't understand the, no, the voters he, who he lost. Yeah, he lost. And and here's the other thing: it's like uh, the Federalist literally yesterday has an article about how Joe Biden is trying to steal the election. So uh, you know, I'm sorry, like propaganda, propaganda, right wing propaganda, and lying to your to your readers and, and feeding them conspiracies that make them happy is not, you know, representing the, the forgotten man. And, and it was not a validation of this. If anybody got validated last night that we don't like, it was, you know, the you know, kind of sit on their hands, anti anti Trumpers. I don't, I don't love that. I don't I'm not happy about this either, but like if anybody was, was vindicated by the result, it was those who kind of, who, 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 you know, were on the not burn it down side of the party. The the people that were not vindicated were the the people that were pushing the Trumpy, you know, nonsense for the past four years. They were rejected. I'm still on this Meghan McCain thing because that's so complicated. I mean, Ben Dominic and the Federalist are among the, I mean, just the sleaziest part of the fever swamp, just the pure cynicism and Trump fluffery and everything. And Ben Dominic is, uh, is married to Megan McCain, who is, you know, obviously, you know, and McCain, you would think that she would be saying the vindications of the McCain family in Arizona and everything. What a complicated relationship because, you know, she yeah. clearly has no, there's no love loss with, with Trump. And yet, the Federalist has just totally prostituted itself in the most fundamentally dishonest ways to Donald Trump. So how do you hold in your head Donald Trump versus John McCain and then still 
go along with the sleaze fest of your husband. I, I don't, I don't understand. There are a lot of things I don't understand. Yeah, you would think That's that right up Indy would feel vindicated by the fact that, that we're on a cusp of an Arizona victory, which, which was, which was, um, you know, the key for a lot, for over the past 24 hours. And it might turn out that Pennsylvania ends up being the key, but, but surely looked for a while. Like it might've been the, um, the, the bulwark, no pun intended for, uh, for Biden. Uh, no, no pun intended. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in Arizona. I don't know what's going to happen in Georgia. By by the time people hear this, we'll probably have the final results in Georgia. And by the way, the, the Georgia results are interesting on so many levels because, and this is weird, <laughs> um, they have a different system for electing senators than everybody else. So it is possible that you will have two Senate races on the ballot in January at a time when the control of the Senate is still in play, because if you don't get 50 percent of the vote, you're shoved into a runoff. And right now, Senator Perdue, the incumbent Republican, was has been hovering just above 50 percent, but looks like as, as the votes were coming in that he might drop slightly below 50 percent. He's running against John Ossoff. And then you're going to have Kelly Loeffler versus um, an African-American uh, pastor who's been doing very well. His name is Warnock. Is that right? I should have all this in front of me. So you yeah. have, you can have a, we're going to have another election of tremendous importance in Georgia in January, it looks like. Yeah, two. I, th- I think almost two. certainly two. Yeah. I mean, at this point, um, as we're taping this, uh, we're supposed to hear more Georgia numbers soon. But, but, but Purdue was just on the cusp of falling under the 50 percent mark. Um, and I, and to be honest, you know, everybody thought we'd get to take a break after this, um, but it's going to be a fascinating doubleheader uh, election because Georgia was the big mover. And if you, if you look at no matter of what happens with the win, Georgia, Trump won by five last time. It's going to end up being under 1% either way. So there's a five point move towards Biden, you know, neighboring Florida. Trump, you know, is going to end up have expanding his lead. So, you know, Georgia is going counter the rest of the country. I think it'll be an interesting test about, you know, how Republicans do without Trump. How de- can Democrats turn out people for, you know, get the enthusiasm up with Trump off of the uh, uh, out of the picture? Um, super interesting election. And, and yeah, the, the fate of the Senate, I could ride on it, right? So if you're at 52, um, you could get it down to 50-50. So, so the Democrats aren't totally out of the woods. I mean, it seems pretty unlikely. Runoffs in Georgia, you know, runoffs in red states obviously tend to benefit, uh, you know, Republicans, right? right? You know, um, and so, you know, you would think that the turnout would be higher among traditional older voters and Republican, you know, voters and, and maybe less among these newer Democratic voters that were brought in during the Trump era. But, but I don't, you know, maybe that's wrong. Maybe the enthusiasm, on, uh, you know, will will be higher there. It, it, it's hard to say. Um, OK, so I want to revise some remarks, revise and extend a couple of remarks on something I said earlier, because okay. I, I, I do have this feeling that the Trump folks are kind of going through the motions in terms of the legal challenges, the fact that they, you know, that they have Rudy out there. And apparently they're having a press conference in Philadelphia featuring what, like Corey Lewandowski and Pam Bondi. Which is like that just tells you <laughs> that you don't have your A team. You know, you're the president of the United States and you're still sending out Corey Lewandowski to complain about voting. Um, but having no, said no, it's that, a Jim Baker type figure, it's right. just not the Secretary of State Jim Baker. It's father, yeah. it's father Yod. Well, of course, that's the, that's the analogy from 2000. But but having said that they're going through the motions, um, you made a point that I, I don't want to gloss over, which is that that doesn't mean that some awful things might not happen, particularly if we do get the Biden declaration of victory. What are the crazies going to do about it? Because, you know, you've seen some of this stuff online. I mean, there's a level of hysteria and conspiracy mongering, and we need to, you know, have flight 93 elections and do all sorts of things. And governors should appoint uh, electors who will, you know, not go along with the, you know, stolen election, all this crazy stuff. It doesn't take a lot for things to get really nasty. And unfortunately, you know, the Trump, you know, he he may be sitting up in the residence, but he'll give oxygen and encouragement to, to some of the, the, the bad actors out there. And this is the kind of thing that can spiral. It can, it it can, it can grow and it it can be scary. We're not there right now. It kind of feels farcical. It kind of feels like we're kind of going through the motions, but maybe it's, but I, but I don't want to leave this conversation by saying it's not something that I should be really, really concerned about. And I do think that there's going to be a test very shortly for other Republicans 
this should be an easy off-ramp from Trumpism for people to say, let's respect the election results. Let's not spread conspiracy theories. Let's behave in a responsible way. So far, I'm not seeing this. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing people, you know, doing what they, they normally do. But this would be an important moment for Republicans to say, hey, um, this is the beauty of democracy. This is why we have peaceful transfers of power. Everybody needs to go along with this. That would be immensely refreshing. But, you know, based on history, I'm expecting to be disappointed. One thousand percent. And while we're extending, I, I, I mentioned this as a side when we first brought it up. But I, I do think it's it's very reasonable to be concerned about far right violence. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't think organized, you know, uh, but but one-offs um you know uh, you know or little little groups uh, you know with the boogaloo boys and stuff that's I, what i'm thinking about yeah, yeah. There, there is gonna be uh i mean look if you look at the information ecosystem uh, obviously i i try to to in, in, engage in as little of this as possible but like you know this is this guy steven crowder who has this massive yeah. youtube following and and you know he he spent his entire show yesterday just spreading lies about and, and conspiracies about the Sharpies in Arizona and like the 120% vote came in in a certain precinct in Wisconsin. It was, and it was everything that he said was Pants. false. He talked yeah. like 45 minutes, but that his listeners, they don't see the fact check on Twitter. You know, they, they think that this is real. And so if you put your head yourself in your head and in, in the space of somebody who is a little unstable, who's being fed conspiracies yeah. by the media uh, it's it's not hard to imagine, you know, somebody lashing out in a violent way. So I, I totally think that that's something to be worried about. It's just that the organized actions from Trump right. have been much ma- less malicious. Well, malicious, they're still malicious. They've been, they, they've been sent- much more organized and much more farcical than, yeah. than I think some people thought. Well, and he can send out the bat signal, you know. Well, I mean, talk about this misinformation. You even have people like, you know, Kimberly Strassel from the Wall Street Journal just peddling complete bullshit about the numbers in Wisconsin. I mean, it's embarrassing stuff. Well, how could you have a vote total this high? Well, because, because we have um, same-day registration. I mean, anybody from Wisconsin knows this stuff, and yet it gets peddled. So here's a weird anecdote, how, how, how bizarre the world is we live in. My daughter lives in France with my grandson. They called this morning. And she's going, hey, so what's happening? What's going on? We're a little worried about Arizona. Um, and I'm getting I'm getting questions about uh, the vote count in Wisconsin. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, somebody in France is, you know, is worried about this misinformation there. Uh, but the, but- I was thinking about this. I said, it's funny you said that. I was thinking about this, you know, because it's hard to know who reliable sources are these days. I know. That's going on the internet. And, I, you know, I remember watching the Brexit vote. You know, and like I don't have, you know, I don't read political news in in Britain, uh, you know, that closely. Like I wouldn't know who the bulwark of Britain is, right? You know, to get the correct information from, and so I, I, you know, I do. It is, I do imagine if you're if you're look if you're watching us from a foreign country, which a lot of folks are. Obviously, there's a lot of interest in, in what, what's happening here. You know, you are seeing this just sea of information out there where the, the, the CNNs of the world don't want to go out too far over their skis on where things are at. And then you're seeing the Ben Shapiro's spreading BS. And then, you're, you know, you're seeing the liberals are bedwetting. And it's, it's very, I think, probably <laughs> but true. You know, a lot of people are getting a ba- wrong picture of what's actually happening. Yeah, but it's not just foreign countries. It's us. Yeah, if, sure. if you're if you're hanging on on Twitter and if you're just the average person, you go, who am I supposed to believe here? Who's credible? Who's not credible? Right. And I think the philosophy is right now you just throw the shit up out there. I mean, you have Matt Schlapp out there with the magic Sharpie conspiracy theory in Arizona. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you, you would have had on, you know, risingeagle.com Facebook page, you know, five minutes ago. And now you have, you know, major conservative figures who are going well, who knows? Maybe we did have magic Sharpies that have eliminated, you know, that right in Invisible Ink or whatever the hell that particular conspiracy theory is. I mean, really, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's why it's it's rampant. It's rampant. Okay. Okay. So um, we, while we were talking, we had the Georgia Secretary of State came out with, with an update. They're probably going to have their, their numbers by the middle of the day, but here's my favorite part of this. The Georgia Secretary of State says that some counties have forgotten to click the upload button. (laughs) 
So they've sent a reminder out. Yeah. <laughs> while, while we're on this, on our Veep too, this is another one that just came in. Allegheny County, Pennsylvania has 35,000 uncounted mail-in ballots, but election staff is taking today off for administrative work and will not resume count till Friday. So, you know, we're just, we're just kind of take, taking it easy on Thursday in the Allegheny County office, putting our feet up. No big deal. Taking a long lunch. Uh, Got to catch up well, on our on our TPS reports. We'll get back to this when we get the chance. No, no biggie. Well, it was also Nevada last night. Um, the Clark Clark County, which you know, it's obviously that's the, the the heart of the entire state, and they were doing a broadcast on MSNBC, and they they closed down like about eight o'clock at night because they wanted to go home. You know, get get because nobody stays up late in Las Vegas. I mean, this is a city that is built on twenty four seven, right? And the election people go. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 a night. I mean, the fate of the free world is hanging in the balance, but uh, we got to go. <laughs> it's Taco Tuesday. You know, I got to get home. <laughs> well, it is never Taco Tuesday at the Bulwark. We are doing this twenty four seven. So, all right. My advice to people is, and I know nobody will follow it. If you're listening to this, you're obviously not going to stay off Twitter, right? But this is this is one of those moments where it's 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 more likely to make you crazy. I'm not even looking at our internal Slack messages anymore because there are certain people there who are a little stressed, not naming any names. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, I'm just don't, not going there. It's just that, you know, things are, are tense when you're, you're it, the prudent thing to do is just mute Slack, your own Slack account. Never mind. Hopefully okay. we get this thing announced today, but uh, we'll, we're going to know by tomorrow regardless. Well, I was kind of counting on today, but this Allegheny County thing is like, oh, geez. So Pittsburgh is, is it, is, okay, help me here. Philadelphia is intensely Democratic. Pittsburgh is, I'm assuming, Democratic as well? Quite Democratic, yeah. Okay, so um, that's another indication that we have a lot of outstanding votes that are going to be very, very good for Joe Biden. So. Yeah, I just, mean, most of the Pennsylvania outstanding votes are going to be good for Joe Biden. I and mean, that's the whole point. And this is the same thing that we've went through. It's all in urban centers and mail. I mean, not not 100 percent, but the vast, vast majority. Yeah. Of so wh- why are they taking the day off again? What the hell? Administrative <laughs> administrative work. What does I that mean? Know. I don't know. Are the Thursday night football tonight? Maybe that's the deal. I don't know. They're going to be sitting around with, with some consultant with a whiteboard, aren't they? Yeah, they got to file their hours, you know. Uh, Let's see now. Thursday night football is the Packers tonight, so it's not the Steelers. But you'll be, you know, being able to watch the Packers and 49ers and hope it'll be announced by then. We need to do an inventory of staplers. Who took (laughs) my stapler from my desk? Should the governor of Pennsylvania don't you get on the phone and say, guys, just you got to do this. You're you're on the clock. I'll pay you overtime. Just get it done. All right. Another tweet over here, by the way. North Carolina, North Carolina is also not a hundred percent for 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 Trump. It looks like it, but my friend Adisu, who is Cory Booker's campaign manager, said, "Shout out to the comms team in North Carolina, because while everybody's mad at Nevada and Allegheny County, nobody's heard a peep from the cats in North Carolina who haven't counted a single vote in two days." (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's not. uh, uh, We we don't have that. We don't have our best on this, Charlie. We don't. All right, Tim Miller, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it very, very much. All right. And thank you for listening to today's Bulwark podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We will be back tomorrow, and hopefully we will know a lot more than we know right now. Thanks for listening.